0: Welcome to Thinky Comet, a collection of nuanced conversations about the black experience. I'm your host, Nia Marie. On this podcast, we explore topics that empower, educate, and illustrate the necessity for honest conversations about being black, all with the aim of reaching personal liberation and challenging systems of oppression.
1: Hey y'all, it's me. <laughs> Nicole (laughs) Nicole is lit apparently it's rum punch or henny punch I should say from Melba's in Mm -hmm. Harlem we were just there we went for
0: brunch and Dapper Dan was there Mm -hmm. Melba was there which is really exciting and also a random man that was tall that Nicole was was convinced was somebody and she I
1: simply (laughs) asked two people two people and a nearby person I was like who's that tall person and man was like I don't know that's embarrassing, <laughs> yeah, I'm, That's I'm just looking like, why is she asking
0: about this random man? Does she I just think he's no, cute? Like, I no, think that was Dapper, what it was. Day and just think and was Melba
1: cute. both like ran to hug him like he was someone, so he must have been like a loved family member.
0: So, let's do a real introduction, Nicole. Tell us
1: about oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough <laughs> of the cute stuff. Well, I just don't know what it should include, but here are the biggies. <laughs> Miss Nicole, that sounds crazy I'm Nicole, I'm Nia's big sister One of her two big sisters And I am a East Coaster, I've lived in New York For 15 years now mm-hmm. Harlem, Harlem, I don't know Just living out here, I went to Georgetown Hoya stand up, I'm a educator You know, all the things
0: all the things. So, no, we're talking today about motherhood. I think it's an interesting topic. I think motherhood as an idea for women is such a strong theme that we all interact with, whether we become mm-hmm. mothers ourselves or we reflect on our mothers that we had or reflect on not being a mother. I think just the idea of mother as an identity is so just strong for women. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. know if men have, if there's another type of identity for mm-hmm. men that is like mother is to woman, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's something to explore in a different episode. But just in terms of being a woman from my own experience, I can just know that this idea of motherhood and what it means and in
1: those ways is just really big. So I wanted to Mm -hmm. talk to you and chat with you about like,
0: how has your experience been?
1: And Mm -hmm. just think about how it can like meet or exceed or fall short of those expectations that you have. Because like to the point that you're making, since we are little girls, it's really indoctrinated in us or it's like a powerful theme that you will become a mother. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for a lot of us, it becomes aspirational. And then some of us, not necessarily aspirational, but it is something that you do genuinely want to do, not Mm -hmm. just something you've been taught to do. But it definitely is a part of your life, whether or not it's your plan or not. Yeah. How has your journey into motherhood been? Uh, it's been a lot. <laughs> um, for I was a little girl who was very excited about being a mom. I would say more excited to be a mom than to be a wife, or at least equally so. Mm-hmm. So I've, it's always been something that I've looked forward to. The So expectation of reality, being a mom is really, really hard. Yeah. And I did not expect that. I did not expect how hard it was going to be. Um, and I can say that it's hard still saying that it's beautiful and I love my children and still say uh y'all was gonna tell me you know like it was this hard like everybody's just you know suffering in silence (laughs) you know yeah but um yeah a lot of that Mm
0: -hmm. what is the suffering inside I know I asked you before but like what part is hard is it like I'm waking up all the time hard or is it like damn I have to think about someone all
1: the time hard
0: (laughs) well both of those things sound hard to me
1: I know, let's talk about all the ways being a mom is hard. No, but I think we do know the good pieces, mm. right? I know, social media, and then also just we're socialized to talk about the good things. So I think a lot of us know the good things about being a parent. Mm. Um, but I do think it's important to name, you know, for me, the good parts are like, you know, just how you love them and like seeing a person grow. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and watching them make that evolution from being like a baby where like, you know, they're crying and just their needs at the moments matter. Mm-hmm. And then where you see them like, De- developing their own, like, value system and, you know, seeing how that plays personality out. Personality, too. Yeah, their yeah. personality. But also, like, you know, these kids are going to be the kids one day that take care of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so I do think it's important that we're imparting in them values that we want to see continue on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hopefully continue this little raggedy planet. But... <laughs> Raggedy planet, planet. Damn, Earth. Sorry, no, girl. Like, I know, we like destroyed it. So, like, yeah. you know, we're like making the people who can save it, it or mm-hmm. fix it or do something. And so, those are the parts that bring me joy in motherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the parts that are bad. <laughs> <laughs> the moment
0: no, you what like, is difficult? <laughs>
1: just kidding. No, but what surprised me was just how long. All right, motherhood. y'all, you want some.
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, I wouldn't interrupt that. <laughs> that no, a Really no, no, vulnerable go, moment. I would just say, y'all just want some, some birth control. Here we go. <laughs>
1: No. Sorry. Some people are like, oh, what that sound like? You know, some of you guys like the drama. Sorry, I'm taking a sip.
0: Of your hitty colada. Y'all be no idea. Hitty <I got>. punch.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I didn't understand how lonely motherhood was going to be. And I think that it was a couple things. For me, it was being the first of my friends to have a kid. Um, and we have an older sister who has... Um, children, but like it wasn't like in the same cohort, <laughs> you yeah. know how that goes. Like, so it ev- even while I was going through it, like my mom and sister, super loving, both my sisters, but there was a lot of, oh, I don't remember that, or I forgot that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: plus not living in the same state. And so it just felt incredibly lonely. And I remember seeing that episode of Insecure with um, Amanda Seals, I don't know her name, we mm-hmm. talked about this. Yeah, I don't know, her I
0: name. not on the show at least, I'm
1: right? <laughs> but she, um, like how she was like pregnant, and they went to.
0: Santa Coachella. Barbara to
1: Coachella, right? You know, all the pieces. And everybody's, like, getting drunk. And, you know, I think she maybe even did some. Don't she do that. She Yeah, I don't do so. that.
0: <laughs> like, I'm not condoning right. doing
1: no, substances. No, but very welfare. much, like, that resonated. Like, feeling lonely and left out and just seeing how everybody's lives are going to go in different directions. You know what I mean? And so that was something. Y'all need to put more of that on TV. That was something that really resonated with me. Because it was like motherhood was lonely. Because number one, you might be alone in this journey, and other people in your immediate circle might not be going through it. But also, it's isolating because you feel like you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Things I've learned now after two children, right? Like, yeah, do join those mommy circles, you know, do look for those support groups. And a lot of us have friends who aren't. Mothers who aren't pregnant and we talk to them and continue talking to them, but also be intentional about talking to mothers specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way I would say as a black women talk to other black women or you know, like people of color. Other people who've had similar experiences, it resonates with you differently. You know, mm-hmm. their experiences can speak to you differently and make you feel like you're not terrible at whatever you're doing. And so for me it was lonely because I thought I was doing things really badly that maybe I probably wasn't even, but I just didn't have any context of other moms. Be like, nah, girl, you good. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's real, and this idea that you there's one way to be a mom too, and like right. we talked about that like the archetypes of black oh archetypes goodness. of black motherhood, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, because there's no again going back to pop culture and like how we see ourselves represented on TV. There is no mom, no black mother who's just in the middle, kind of struggling. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we got to see Claire Huxtable, yeah. you know, like and the black woman from Parent Trap. I can't think of her name, but these black women who their children fall in line because you, you arch your eyebrow correctly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I and mean, you're all, literally, you <laughs> I know was just a
0: side <laughs> grab. <laughs> side um, grab.
1: You know they they always have the right thing to say and their their voices never crack when they're telling their kids to sit down yeah. and you're bringing yourself to tears. You're like, well, my my voice is always cracking and I sometimes get sad and I and I tell that my children that. But those were not the moms that we saw on TV. So I thought my mom was wrong. Yeah, because it wasn't what I saw. Because we see those powerful black moms and we see the trauma-porn black moms you yeah. know like Precious yeah. you know I'm like I'm not neither one of those but at least I figured out I wasn't terrible just by watching Precious you know you, <laughs> you know <laughs> Precious really encouraged me right? <laughs> that actually
0: you know no, you ain't no. bad you Precious know. that you, movie you, scarred I. me I I oh actually gosh. had a weirdness with Bob after I saw that movie <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do that to people. I know I should I watched that movie and I was like, oh my
1: right. gosh. You sound like me when I have dreamed. Like I am dreaming. I've dreaming So I'm that's like, crazier yeah. because you have uh, At least it was the person. I'm just like, mothers everywhere can catch it. <laughs> Thanks depressions. <to> <laughs> yeah, Dang. That was I know, but I know. it was
0: yeah, that movie was really hard. Yeah,
1: it was it it really was, but it's that's what you see. So yeah. you feel like sounds extreme, but this is really how you feel. How I felt. If you're not doing those great things, you might as well be precious as mom. You know what I mean? Like, no, to (laughs) a degree. Like, dang, you're also failing. And, like, because that's another thing that makes parenthood hard. Like, yes, it's, like, the isolation of the experience that you're going through and just, like, the struggle. But it's also just the unpredictability of kids.
0: Yeah.
1: You cannot mother your children or parent your children into perfection, whatever your idea is. They are individuals who are going to do their own stuff. And sometimes that manifests like with health problems and, Mm -hmm. you know, different disabilities and sometimes just their personality. And you're like, well, how could you, (laughs) you know, they are people. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with that because I was like, oh, I'm a teacher. I got this. You know, like i never had an issue with classroom management and my kids are going to listen. They're going to do this. And I have loving kids, but they push me to the limit every day, every single day. And there's no amount of my parenting that's been able to change that. Yeah. And that was also very frustrating.
0: Yeah. I'm Being like, I have this identity as a classroom teacher who d- can right. do this well. And then like, these kids be getting on my damn nerves. Right. <laughs>
1: even, even like Cooper, he, oh, if you ever have met Cooper, you know, he has like a little bit of a speech impediment. And me, I am a literacy specialist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know how to tell him the tongue placement and do this and make the sound. And he's still going to say, I love you. I'm still going to be like, I love you too. <laughs> You know, like, so it's also like, you know, just being a a parent, too, it pushes you into making an identity as a parent. You know, that's even beyond what I am as a teacher. But still, all those identities, they can help you with parenting, but parenting is still its own lane. It's still going to be different when you're thrown into it. Yeah. And I think going back to kind of
0: what you're saying about, like, not having images of being a mom in TV, like, I think as a society, like, we aren't really good about initiations or, explicitly teaching people things you know what I mean like maybe I don't know if any society is but like we don't really have to your point about like this is how you explicitly want to be a mom so I think that our cultural things like you know movies and TVs kind of take the place of that in terms of like offering different archetypes or offering different like models of motherhood so even in that regard too it is it is a handicap to us to not have more realistic pictures of what motherhood looks like and that we like fixate on certain types of models, as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, exploring more. Because exploring more, like, we had right. more models of many different things, like right. bodies, for example. Sidebar bottles plastic <laughs> surgery. I know we always talk about plastic surgery. I always bring it up. Bodies. Bodies. Plastic <laughs> surgery. I'm always going to bring it up. Like, because I think it's an issue. We all don't need to look the same. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. we all can't be the same type of moms. Right. And, like, understanding that you are parenting this individual human that is, like, figuring out right. their own individual autonomous self, you know, you can only right. control a child. You can control their body, but you can control their mind. You know what I mean? Even yeah. controlling their body could be painful, you know, be detrimental. <laughs> I know it just got right, weird, right. but <laughs> it's like, what? But you know, yeah. just like, no, yeah, you can only do so much. You can
1: only do so much.
0: And realistically,
1: Right. Which doesn't mean that you obviously don't try your best. And most people are, but it's also just worth hearing sometimes. Like, yeah, I know you tried your best and it still didn't work out and that's yeah. also okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that for a lot of the ways we work, like when you put in your best, like there's, you know, that positive correlation. I put in X, I do this. If I work this amount of hours, I get this paycheck. That doesn't necessarily correlate yeah. <laughs> you know in parenthood. And I think it would be relevant to see on TV, like I know all of my friends, we really like the show Working Moms well, and like, I like the let down. Sure too. They're yeah. so good, but it's because they show moms in authentic situations where and those women aren't always
0: likable, either. You right, know, right, right. it's they're, really they're exciting they're
1: likeable, to watch. They're hu- they're human. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, They're not always likable, though. And I think that, right, that's also just that's speaks true. to, like, the reality of, like, I'm not always my best self. You know what I mean? Like, right. sometimes they make yeah. crazy decisions. You're like, why exactly. are you making that decision? And
1: you can. And there is this idea that moms don't make crazy decisions. Yeah. Or that they make them intentionally and you're, like, causing harm. As opposed, like, I'm a human who just... Makes errors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that that's a different space. Because you do see those movies, like, the moms are intentionally, you know, taking over their children or abusing yeah. them. And I'm like, nah. A lot of us who have trauma from growing up, are, it was not intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you were just... A human making human decisions mm. that were flawed. And also responding
0: to a larger system of oppression, you know, and right. operating that, especially right. within the black context. Like yeah. we think about a lot of the issues that we have within our families that's directly were related to the oppression that we felt in the environments that we that we grow in it's no wonder that people would have the issues that they do within their families when they're dealing with like the trauma and the pressure and the stress outside of their families. And as black people, we can't be honest about our experience. You know what I mean? Like we're not fully honest about our experience on a day to day basis, even in this year, 2023 for fear of repercussion of the reality that this world is not nearly as equitable as anybody thinks it is. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I think just also a shout out to black parents. And I think, Oftentimes as black children or black people, we can have a lot of beef you know with our parents and it is justified because yes we deserve better but i think it's also acknowledging what is the larger system that our parents that our ancestors were operating in and also giving them to your point like they were just humans just trying to make the most out of that as well
1: because also what i don't want to say like but like what is better too you know like better Mm. is also going to be relative to the time like the way that i'm raising my children is totally different than not totally different i think at the core the values are the same and values matter but it is very different from how like we were raised you Mm. know what i mean and i'm not even like i'm a huge gentle parent you know but I, but I definitely think that if I'm choosing a style I guess it is gentle even if it wasn't necessarily fully intentional I just want my children to feel heard yeah because just in my own experience just things I've heard from like friends that to me is the crux of a lot of the issues mm-hmm. as a child you felt like you weren't necessarily heard you yeah. know like you just had to kind of get in line and I want my kids to feel heard and you know however that manifests it is what it is but again these are kind of uncharted territories mm-hmm. you know because this is not how we were raised So, like, there's self-consciousness in doing it, too. Mm -hmm. And, like, how it looks if somebody sees this. You know what I mean? Like, if our parents said something or even just gave a look, we were silent. My kids might push back, like, but why?
0: (laughs) 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 Cooper continues
1: to do what he's going to (laughs) do. But I don't understand. (laughs) Right? So, you know, and then there's so much self-consciousness in that piece. Like, oh, how does this look? But I think that's parenting, too. Not worrying about how it looks, I guess. Yeah,
0: there's a balance too because there's also some bad parents out there. Some oh bad yeah, black kids are being abused. Yeah,
1: right. I know. Right. But it's parenting is such a,
0: it's such a personal thing that right. it is kind of hard for people, I think, to get feedback. Yeah, it's such a hard thing for people get feedback. But then also sometimes people probably do just need explicit teaching on how to be a parent because right. they didn't have those things. If you know, you didn't
1: have a model. Exactly. Yeah,
0: so it's like, how do we create community? You know what I mean? Like even as black people, like what would it mean for us to like. I always talk about this, but just, like, being more explicit about, like, these are the values that we want to have within our community. And these are, like, supports even for each other of, like, how this is how you do it. Understanding that there are folks within our community that may not have received or not been in, like, the safest homes to establish Healthy love attachment styles, you know, and things like that. So it's like, what would that even look like? And right. that could be through our media. So it's like right. a challenge to writers: like, stop, re- don't remake another Lion King. <laughs> okay, Mom. We don't need another damn Lion King. Right. The, 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 nothing fucking changed.
1: Okay, yeah, nothing definitely. fucking <laughs> changed. <laughs> we didn't need it. We didn't need it. Yeah. You could, you could, we could yeah, create was, a new it story. Alive. It was. It wasn't live. real. It, it wasn't live. Was, it was
0: weird. It was a weird weird. experience. No, but it's,
1: I mean, the reason, not the reason, but I do think it's not reflected in our art because the main reason being a mom is hard, being a parent, is because of damn work. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're real about that. And the people who write these shows are, by and large, men, or they're single women. You know what I mean? So it makes sense that that experience hasn't been reflected yet. Yeah. Men are writing the stories for every story, (laughs) and for every perspective, and they just flat out don't know. You know what I'm saying? So... I think that's why the stories don't reflect it. Well, that does limit. I guess that addresses, I think,
0: everything. It's just like there is a minority population that right. writes yeah so much everything. stuff about perspective and it's just like you know the stories could be better if it was told from the perspective of that person because they can offer so much more nuance so that isn't more. just like right. some stereotypical bullshit that you just want to put on at the end
1: right which <laughs> it is stereotypical like you see like and i was you know earlier speaking to how black women are portrayed but like the white mothers on tv they're portrayed pretty much the same too it's like one of two things like the kid just like hates the mom the mom's like annoying or the mom is just like oblivious because like they work too much yeah. you know what i mean like there's yeah. not a whole lot of middle ground you yeah. know yeah and also, like, actual work stories are so entertaining. Not, act, like, entertaining, but you know what I mean? Like, that's why working moms are so good is because that's relatable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the lady like, doesn't put her career on hold. and That's what's actually happening with people who have kids, and that's what makes it hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. We talk about the work thing. I saw this post the other day on LinkedIn. I can't remember who posted it, so I can't shout them out. Apologies. But it wasn't me. But someone was posting, like, just because... Though I don't have kids doesn't mean I can stay late, come early, all these things. Because I think on the other hand, the older I get and not having kids in the workplace, the weirder it gets. And also how sometimes I feel like I have less space to advocate for boundaries because I don't right. have like a family <laughs> but it's like I just want boundaries for my sake
1: right and I feel like <laughs> that's even a new space right? yeah that is I a new feel space like for sure they went there was a, there was no transition especially for straight, women for women there was no transition yeah it went straight from like stay-at-home mom working dad to these two-income households where they didn't respect that people not just the moms you know were parents yeah and then now I feel like in recent years because now it's you know, popular <laughs> to be like, do you need anything? Cause you're a parent. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like now it's all of a sudden switching to that, but then that's not necessarily received well Yeah. because they haven't figured out how to deliver the messaging where it's still respectful of people who don't have kids. Yeah.
0: But it's also, but it goes back right. to our work in and of itself and how we think about it it's is problematic. Yeah. It's too demanding. It's, it's just like, yeah. it's also, it's interesting to me that, you know, the 40-hour work week was, like, as a relatively new idea. And, like, I think Henry Ford created it. It was, like, the result of the labor, you know, the labor movement, something like that. But in any case, it's still relatively new within the past 100 years. And we have just, like, and we have attached to it, like, we can't create anything else. It's, like, it's permanent. And it's, like, do we not have any imagination or vision that our lives, the structure of our society could be better? And Mm -hmm. that's also just, like, very weird to me that, like, I think the majority of people, and maybe this is just, like, because I don't live this way, but the majority of people are just so comfortable with just how things are, the things, have always, been, things right. have always been. And it's like, you don't, you, you don't see the space right. that things could be better. We're just so attached just to these to archaic ways how of thinking. Have
1: always been done. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And that aren't beneficial to, they aren't beneficial to anybody. And they're also not right. reflective of where it's we are just now.
1: familiar. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah,
1: our sister mentioned that in Colorado, they recently changed the kids' hours. But like the rollout of it wasn't thought out. Like, school hours. Yeah. So, it was, like, problematic for, like, parents doing drop-off because now elementary school was starting different than high school. You know what I mean? So, like, oftentimes I think new ideas are sabotaged because people aren't thoughtful in, like, the rollout. Yeah. And so, it makes us more comfortable doing things the way they've always been done.
0: Yeah. That transition period of, like, trying to work out the kinks.
1: Exactly. You don't want to endure these awkward transitions. And I think that's how most of us were. Like I think for me, COVID was like a big disruptor for how things had been done. But I was so used to how they had been done that I was willing to endure things that were hellish. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I knew it was. I knew it was a mess. Everybody knows it's a mess. Yeah. But you're willing to endure it simply because you're used to it. And sometimes because the machine keeps you so busy that you can't find something else to do. Yeah. A lot of people are also too busy working to look for another job yeah. or too busy working to invest in themselves and do this other thing because they don't have that middle money. You know what I'm saying? To like transition to a new
0: career. No, yeah. And I definitely, I don't mean to like put it on the, I don't this squarely on, I, on the shoulders of like everyday people, but oh, I'm no, thinking it's more so just yeah. leaders just generally. Mm-hmm. So like whether it's the leaders of an organization, leaders of the country, it's like we don't elect leaders that are visionaries and that think about things holistically and then i also don't think we have a good sense of where things come from and to which would also help us make better
1: decisions right like we try things not understanding like the research behind it or, like, or not
0: even just the research but also right. just like even like decisions now like for example we've for a long time paid and i learned this from instagram so know, whatever for a long time <laughs> we've paid rent on the first of the month and we always think right. like this is how it should be but not understanding that the history that prior to right. like slaves were, you know, freed, rent was they paid at the end of the month. And that they intentionally did right. that because so it'd be they, difficult for right. people to like secure their housing. Or that kids start school so early in the day so that parents can drop their to kids off yeah. and then go to work. And so without thinking about that, as you're right. also making those changes, I you know, just not having a full understanding of our history, again, why critical race theory is important, right. it just hampers our ability to truly innovate. And I think sometimes we have this idea that you can just like innovate for the sake of it and it just comes out of nowhere but it comes out of understanding right
1: and that's what i I just call that research too yeah because Mm -hmm. it's like history also plus the science for which predicts best outcomes like i don't think you should try random things like you're saying innovation for the sake of innovation but like saying to me okay we want to start kids later yeah the science says kids learn better at this hour they need more (laughs) you know know what i mean like so like whatever the case is but just like you're saying making it rooted in something that is like a predictable and reliable source, not doing it just because, because we have so many things that are just traditional. Yeah. You know, like we do this because it's always been done like, and they're having to make space and sometimes it's written legislation, but like not in practice. Yeah. Right. So like now we know that at work, everybody has to have space for women to nurse, you know, that's in the law. Yeah. But when these buildings were built, you know, nothing was built to accommodate, like, nursing moms. It's so, like, when I nursed at work, I nursed in the bathroom for a year and a half. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. there was nowhere else, and nobody was really and interested
0: And different training. systems are held to different standards of right. accountability, right? right. Whereas, Definitely like, too. in the school, that's that can fly. But at a workplace, that couldn't fly. You know right. what I mean? So it's also just, like, right. things are not with. enforced yeah. right. consistently either.
1: Yeah. Also it, true. It just seems like we do as much as we can get away with yeah without and that's, value, and
0: that's a value and that's a value all of this underscores the need for values because if we did have better like values and this understanding of okay, we want everyone to live lives of quality, so that when a law like that would come into place, right. the theaters, the, the leaders would then be like, okay, let me not you know try to get away with it, but my value is to make sure that everyone is comfortable. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm going to make sure that people have what they need, and everything as it is right now is a reflection of our lack of values or us only valuing profit. You know, and like that's also something we have the power to change. That to your point earlier about how you're raising your child, and what are the values that we're instilling in our, chi- in our children? And like, I know it's hard. We all, we have so much going on in our lives, but to what extent, and maybe this is just the drama of being human, what is the vision that we have for our descendants working towards that, you know? And like being more explicit and, about and, and that.
1: And how does society help? With that too, yeah, because we especially. have children. I mean, I didn't have children. Thinking about the world, but you do have children to continue the world, to continue the vision, to heal the planet. You know, to do all of these things so that society doesn't just end. So society should help with that too. Yeah. I mean as you're well, that's people's values doing. right now. It's right. like
0: don't elect assholes that don't believe right. in global in climate change and exactly, global warming that so we
1: can actually sustain our planet. <laughs> Literally, right?
0: Money driving so much decision making is actually just inhibiting good decision making you know right. what I mean like people don't make good decisions because every decision is based on every decision money, based on money. Right. and that's so and like the why is that okay I feel right. like I know this might sound like I'm just going on a tangent but I think like lately I have been so frustrated by that that right. it's just like every decision is based on money like
1: what but how stupid is, is but that it's, but it's still not done in a way that's that, I mean Every decision is based on money, but then when it comes to acknowledging how the money is spent, then, like, everybody wants to hide their hands. Yes. So, it's like, we know everything's about money, but then you've collected all this money, all this revenue, all these taxes, all this stuff, and all you do is invest it in war or policing. You know what I mean? Like, you're not reinvesting it in education. You know what I mean? You're not investing it in, like, social services and medicine (laughs) actually help people. Yeah. It's just, but I don't know. That's, like, a whole bigger conversation. But it's like, do we care about kids? And so that's been like a really tricky time, yeah. Because I, I think that we've had to ask ourselves this in a different way again than other generations that came before us. Is do do others really care about children? Does the government really care about children? Because it doesn't seem like it, yeah. And we have evidence now. Before we could say. Our government might not care about children in other countries. But now we can definitively say our government does not care about our children. Yeah. We've had Sandy Hook. We've had, Columbia. we can go down a whole bunch of schools. Yeah. A whole this bunch of different student shooting. just shot his teacher just last his own week. Teacher right, in, um, in, in Virginia. And the government's response, or non-response, because a non-response is a response too, that's also a choice, is that they're not going to create gun legislation that could protect our children. That's a whole nother thing to think about when you procreate that you didn't have to think about 20 years ago. Yeah.
0: Literally gun I think gun violence is right. the second leading cause of death in children right now or something crazy right now. It's like An one or first. two. Yeah. In yeah. the fact that it's first is like right. terrifying. Like you didn't have to you know, when people talk about, I used to walk 15 miles in this right. snow. You weren't worried about no one shooting Let's up your classroom, nice. was were you, either? You know what I mean? Like, right. why are we waiting on gun legislation? Like, how many more people need to get killed? Uh, or why are we waiting on police reform? Right. We need police reform. Like, right. black people, exactly. we need police reform. Black people, we need to be able to think differently about what it means to keep our community safe. Right. and keeping our community safe does not always mean keep putting more people with guns in the right, community. Exactly. It means that we probably need some people need some mental health resources because right. that's why they're acting and out. They need some shelter. Before literally, shit
1: pops off. literally, like, holistically preventative care, preventative you know care. care, like treating individuals and families before there's crisis. You know what I'm saying? I'm and not this not is the
0: role of apart. the government, y'all. This right. is literally the role of the government is to help offer these social structures if our government is not offering these social structures and systems to support for everyone to live a life of quality then what is the point of the government right. and i'm not saying i'm anti-government by any means but it is like we need to hold them what, yeah the conversation's so limited you have that black school teacher get killed by right. getting tased in la last week right. or maybe even this right. week i'm forgetting his no, name I think it was last but week. there's yeah. so
1: many people and it's, these are <laughs> conversations I've had to have in some capacity with my oldest son who's five he'll be six soon Mm. you know and I there's always been stuff that um black parents have had to tell their kids you know that differ from like a white parent or just a non-black parent yeah but these are conversations I don't look forward to and things that break my heart like I remember like telling Cooper like the don't wear the hoodie inside thing also trying to explain that you know cops are our resources but also you need to make sure you listen because you know it's their horrible conversations, they're horrible conversations to have with toddlers. Yeah. And we live in a world that mandates it. Literally. Particularly if you have young black children. Literally. But it's literally a mandate and it's horrible.
0: And it's also just like as I'm having these conversations with my black child, what are you teaching your white child? Right. And what are you, mm-hmm. or what are you teaching your non black child? Right. And what are you what do you actually stand for? Because there was a lot that happened after George Floyd and I mm-hmm. don't see how it has translated into people being better people. I don't okay. see how it's translated into people recognizing the humanity in black bodies. There was a lot that happened there. What, what really, what really changed? And I'm not trying to be shady, and but I think it is something that we need to be honest about ourselves. I'm not in the business of lying to myself because right. it, it makes me feel good, but we need to be, we need to be honest and reflect like what has changed. And if nothing changed, why didn't it? And it's just frustrating. It's very sad. It's something I think about, so I'm glad you brought it up because with that, I think violence in schools in addition to the attack right now on public education, I don't know if you've seen that the Republicans have made so many attacks against, like, teacher teachers' right. unions and all this stuff. And there seems to be, like, a coordinated attack to free public education right now mm. in the U.S. Right. That's even something I think about, like, if I do, I want kids amongst a lot of things, but right. it's also like there's so many layers. There's <laughs> so many layers. Like who's going to educate them? <laughs> you got teachers leaving schools and you got Republicans trying to attack right. public education. And like
1: literally being forced out yeah. by the world's most ignorant people in the world. Like, are you sure you don't want a teacher too? <laughs> like not just for your children, but because you're ignorant as hell. Yeah. Um, but it's also crazy because they are losing all of their resources and I, I just don't think they thought past this moment. They're losing everybody that has the skills that know how to teach. You are a teacher, yeah. and you know. T- being able to teach is a it's skill. It's difficult, yeah. And it's something that you get better at the longer that you do. So if you're burning off and killing off all of your teachers who are <laughs> veterans off. and yeah. have all of the experience, we are going to have a population of uneducated. Literally. What is, what is the long-term, right. what is the long-term
0: implications yeah. of that? China has already, know, like we saw that Dateline special, right. China has limited their TikTok version of TikTok for kids so that it's very targeted, it's educational. They're being very right.
1: thoughtful about, this is the next generation of leaders within our right. world. and But they, they, they want mindless people. They want people who are so ignorant, they're not going to notice they're being disenfranchised. And they're so ignorant, they're gonna, they're not going to notice that they have these minimum wage jobs with no hope of advancing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They want an ignorant workforce. But that workforce, doesn't... And an ignorant workforce... Which is also why they're illegalizing abortion, doing other shit. So it's crazy. as a conspiracy because you want a bunch of kids who are dependent on a system that you can control.
0: Yeah. But it's like... And it's going to be... The system's going to be worse and worse. Like, yeah. not to be like doom anymore. and gloom, but it's like on this track, on this path that we are of not valuing education. And I... You know, I'm all for, I'm all for living different lifestyles. I'm all for right. entrepreneurship too. But even sometimes I think, you know, with all of this rising social media, everyone's to be an influencer a TikToker right. and, th- and we're like abandoning traditional schools of thought that although, although in some ways we're oppressive, I think we're also good ways of just like making sure that you were educated and that you right. did develop critical thinking skills and I think right. sometimes as we jump into this other yeah and sometimes we're, we're trying to jump to be like right. everyone wants to be a content creator yeah we love and consume this content but like again we all can also right. acknowledge that we spend too much time consuming said content <laughs> you know what I mean so right. it's like how are we how are you making the world better in the work that right. you do how are
1: you leaving it better than you found
0: it yes right. and not just like participating in systems that are exploitive and that's really hard to do within right. a capitalism is really hard to do in a country that was founded on the raping and kidnapping of African and indigenous right. people. That's hard to do. And it's, a, it's And it's not to say that we you know, to make people feel bad, but I think it's also just like to think more critically about you know, just how these dec- decisions compound on each right. other and over time.
1: Exactly. I don't know again, if all these things are intentional. You know when you say that you, yeah. sound, or you feel and sound like a conspiracy theorist, whatever. But maybe the, like, maybe the plan was never <laughs> for everybody to have access and education you know what I mean? Yeah. because the actions have never been in alignment with that so maybe we're just all <laughs> <falling> <laughs>
0: it's, it's doing this, what it's supposed to do unfortunately this step, this path, yeah. unfortunately well that was kind of doom and gloomy how do we end it on a good note <laughs> <laughs> the world fucking
1: sucks ah!
0: <laughs> just kidding that's um, how i feel just deep down inside i'm always I, like hmm just find this little joy I know. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good, how are you doing, Nia? I'm doing fine. <laughs> fine. Um, just kidding. Know. Cooper does give me hope. I will say. With all of that said, I yeah. think kids do Enough. give you. To kind of bring it back to parenting, give you hope. Like I love Cooper and I love Harper. I'm so amazed by how just kind and sweet they are. So, yeah. and they're- my other our nieces too, Nyla and Nandi. I'm amazed at children. Yeah. So I just you know I'm hoping that they can just keep it keep yeah. it with them.
1: And they're mad funny. And yeah. they're bad. And they're entertained. They give us our content. <laughs> you know, without the camera, without our social media, they give you your daily content. I know, I'm just like, what the hell? Like,
0: that's a good one. All oh right, what God. are your parting words? Do you have any parting words? Um,
1: I, my parting words. So going back to motherhood, um, still worth it. Yeah. Just I don't let the machine of consumerism and capitalism steal your joy mm-hmm. if you want to be a mom. Or dad, just anticipate (laughs) they will complicate it, but it's still worth it. Don't let them steal the joy. Don't let them steal the joy. Have them babies if you want to.
0: Thank you for listening to The Inky Comet. If you are enjoying the podcast, subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Inky Comet to continue the conversation. Also, be sure to check out the Inky Comet soundtrack on Spotify. Until next time, be encouraged.